Why? <laughs> we have a great episode. We have a great episode for you today, despite Brandon's in- weird introduction, but we got a good episode, great guest, great interview. Just an all around great episode. We do. And I apologize for being unprofessional for five seconds. I've always wanted to do that. I'm not sure why. Shout out to Cedric Frierson if he's listening. He's got that stuck in my head half the time. But we do have a great show oh upcoming gosh. for you. Logan Stein of Ferris State Hockey stopping by to talk great about- Great interview. Yeah, it's a fantastic interview talking about how his life is off the ice as well. Uh, not too much. And obviously not going to get too much into the other podcast. Don't want to step on the toes. Yeah, there. of course. Which, I mean, right now, might as well promote them, right? You can check out Off the Ice, Fair State Hockey exclusive podcast uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more, um, as well as on Sunday 97.3. Uh, they do a great job, Brody and Beth, so you can learn more about the hockey team there. So we're not trying to step on their toes, um, but we want to give you guys the insight on hockey as well. Upcoming, a big matchup this weekend, Joe, especially. We'll get to previewing that here later on the show against the number one St. Thomas team in the CCHA, so that's going to be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just get right into the, the rundown. eh? Absolutely. The Ferris State rundown, we will start all the way back November 22nd. That was last Wednesday. Uh, for those that forgot their days of the week, 71-68 loss to McKendree. It was a really tough game for men's basketball. Oof. Battled down to the wire. They were up on McKendree, I believe, at halftime. Uh, but especially you looked at how the Wildcats really just bought all the way back. And I think it was really a gritty game on both sides. And uh, especially we, we hung close in that game. And especially for the, a lot of the physicality in that game and especially um, the shots weren't necessarily as much fallen as they usually do in those situations. You know, there's a lot of opportunities that we could have maybe won that game. Uh, but the shots didn't fall and that's just how basketball goes. But um, especially balancing back the next night, uh, or I should say the next game a few nights later in dramatic fashion, Mr. Jack Ammerman, a Huge, buzzer dude. beater over Lewis. Sick replay too. Oh my gosh. And an electric call from Mr. Rob Bentley too. Absolutely, yeah. 89-87 win over the Flyers. Huge for the program, as my partner across the table would say. And I big think, for the brand, really. Absolutely, and I think especially that was a really big game for Jack because that was really, I think, the first game he's really truly broke out into his scoring self. And I remember one year, Joe. I don't know if it, I think if this might have been the game we went to together our freshman year. Oh yeah, just out of random. When, I remember that. Yeah, because yeah, because he scored like what, like thirty points or something like that. When he was a Northwood Timberwolf against Ferris State, and now it comes all full circle. Now we get to see him dominate wow. in the Bulldogs jersey. Can it? you believe? It, man it's what so a cool day so cool love yeah. to see it but yeah it's great to have him as high point and obviously Dilapo and those guys did really well if you haven't listened to last week's podcast talk to ethan and Dilapo about basketball so you can check that out in the feed below uh, but especially for them uh obviously uh, a tough loss to a good mckendry team um uh, but a really nice bounce back and so lewis flyer program that's always competitive and always gives us their best especially at their place yeah, for sure. It's big time, especially to see. I think this year, too, is just a special group of guys where you brought. I mean, we talked about it with Delapo and Ethan, where we brought they brought in a lot of guys who have a lot of veteran uh, leadership uh, capabilities. And you got guys, too, who are young, who can fill up the rock and just really do some awesome stuff on the court. So I'm very much excited to see what this team does, especially. Did we drop in rankings after that? I have not checked the... 
the rankings. I'm not sure yet. I think that there's... I'll do some investigative work while you stall. Yeah, of course. And uh, we would have this normally uh, all figured out, but apparently the Wi-Fi in our building is starting to go on the fritz. So I don't know if you guys are just... The website is just taking a poop right now. Yeah, I think I think there's so many fans that are tuning into all these episodes and finding out material that we're actually crashing the servers. So apologies to the IT department for all the, the mess that we've created. But um, yeah, we'll get to that here, especially later on with... We speaking... dropped a 14 oh, okay. after that one. But you know who did move up to seven joe the women's team huge as well who got a win on wednesday against uh, spring arbor it was a really it was a very fascinating game because it ended up being very close i think it was like 85 to 70 you're probably thinking oh it's double digits but it was a really interesting game back and forth um there was a lot of fouls in that game which certainly really just slowed the momentum down for us especially but for both teams uh i think there's a total of almost 45 fouls called in this game overall Shoot, very, and there's a lot of stoppages but at, at any any point of outside of that uh we still shot the ball a good enough i think it wasn't our best night shooting the rock uh but really especially in the first half they got on transition they made a lot of plays and i think especially from that first half performance they looked very dominant they fell a little bit off in the second half uh but still really good showing from coach westendorp's team and they're going to be fired up and hungry Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait till next week to put it on the hardwood because Grace Christian game canceled. But we'll get to that when we get to the Fair State Sports Slate later on. That is tough looks. But I am I think we're going to be pretty solid. This is also a team where we got people back. I mean, Caden Blanchard, after last year's injury sitting out, now she's finally getting back in. It's a perfect storm brewing, and I think we're going to be able to take over. Absolutely. And before we get into the interview, uh, is that's really all we have for the Fair State Rundown. Not a lot going on this weekend. Hockey volleyball was off. Volleyball was off as well, because now uh, they're going to be in national tournament. Oh, yeah. So we'll get By to the that. time we're recording this at 3 o'clock on Thursday, they play in 30 minutes. Yes, it's going to be a very fun game there against Hillsdale. But before we get to the interview uh, all regional honors want to shout out some of our individual players fair state soccer uh Catherine welch lindsey cole all region honorees so congratulations to those two individuals two thumbs up as well as for volleyball all region standouts Livy henneman delapi claire nowicki and kaylee mott as well as all region in volleyball so I would congratulations clap, but to the audio is gonna be really bad that so is not. true which also, silent clap yes yeah, silent clap and also big shout out for our boys over on the tennis squad Benjamin Lord at Yonkapool, number six duo in the nation, number two in the region. Those are killing it, dude. They are crushing it in doubles. So shout out to tennis as well uh, on that greatness that they I are putting being, down. I love how our school is just good. Man, just I love it. it. Just diamond it, man. Feels good. Feels real good. Feels real, real good. good. Real good. Anyway, we'll get to an interview. So without further ado, let's shoot it on over to the interview. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we get into the interview with Logan Stein, we want to take a moment and tell you guys about our sponsor for Behind the Bulldogs, which is the Car Center. Being the area's largest body shop means the Car Center gets your car back to you faster. When you need body work, request the best. Find the Car Center off Northland Drive in Rogers Sites and online at carcentermi.com. Now joining us here in studio, we got a Ferris State Hockey goaltender stopping by. Not only that, a Lone Ranger, first time double podcast guest here, Logan Stein joining us. Logan, we won't ask you quite yet which show you like better, but first off, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Logan. I mean, first going on off the ice with Beth and Brody, very cool that you want to double up, double dip a little bit. It's cool. So first question for you, we were talking a little bit uh, before that we started recording, especially with the CCHA, how close it is this year. I mean, even if you go back to when it was the WCHA, this is the first time where, honestly, at the end of the year, it might be the difference between a few games uh, from top to bottom. So what's that been like for, you know, game to game with the team's mentality going to each week? Yeah, I mean, for us, I think we realize that every point's extremely valuable. I think every game you got to take 
as many points as you possibly can, because I think at the end of the year, your spots in the playoffs are going to be determined by probably by one or two points or win or loss or win in overtime or loss in overtime. So I think every play matters, every game matters. So we just got to come ready to go. Absolutely. And you guys obviously coming off of a little bit of a break now, starting to get back in the swing of things. Obviously, really good series up north in Houghton. Just talk about being able to beat the Huskies and especially just playing a dominant game in a really hard environment to play in that the MAC is. Yeah, Michigan Tech, I mean, I think they've been probably one of the gold standards in CCHA for last 10, 15, 20 years. So I think for us going there and being able to get a win on Friday, and we would have loved to grab more points on Saturday, but we just kind of fell a little bit short. But I think for us, it was a big stepping stone going on the road into a hostile environment and a, for a team in the conference that's gonna probably be up there in the standings at the end of the year. I think it was a good road weekend for us. Absolutely. And I've noticed too, when you first came in, you're a senior now, you were a little bit more clean cut, a little bit more <laughs> clean shaven. Now, I mean, you got the flow, you're rocking it, the lettuce is hanging out, the bucket uh, when you're when you're playing. I mean, what's that kind of been leading to? Is it more of just kind of a style change or what's uh, what's the deal with the new look? Yeah, so I, I went, I got a, I get a haircut at E&M in town and I went last May and then the whole summer I didn't, I didn't get a haircut. And so I kept it going until I actually got a haircut this Tuesday, but I didn't want it to get too short. So I just, I cut the, I just cut a little bit off and then, yeah, I've been growing on my mustache for November too, so Absolutely. got that going too. Is that just is that just a big time style statement you're trying to make between the pipes, or is that just going to be something you're going to roll out for the rest of the season? Um, I I've been rolling the mustache out and the long hair out all year. I mean, I think this year I think I'm going to roll with it this whole year. I kind of been the clean cut my sophomore and my my junior year. So I guess senior year, I'm going to go a little bit less clean cut. Oh, okay. maybe, get the, maybe get the mullet for playoffs <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Maybe dyed hair or something. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. But uh, kind of getting into a little bit, obviously you guys have St. Thomas upcoming this weekend. Really big homestand for you guys. Uh, St. Thomas, team that's at the top of the CCHA. Not many people probably predicted that at the beginning of the year, but uh, what's your guys' mindset going into the St. Thomas weekend and trying to get two wins here at home? Yeah, I mean, St. Thomas is a very good team. I think they're going to play really hard. They're really competitive. Um, they obviously have a chip on on their shoulder they were, were not, maybe not where they wanted to be the past two years but are clearly at the top of the standings this year so i think for us we got to play our game and i think we're gonna have to be heavy physical gritty bulldog hockey surviving moments of the games and dominating moments of the games too so i think that's what you're probably most likely going to see both games this weekend absolutely and when you look at pre-game we've talked to guys like brad merrick the mckillian twins mm -hmm. connor fedoric Superstitions are a big thing, yeah. kind of routines. We've heard that you're a guy who has a pretty specific schedule. Oh you gotta yes, follow. you're right. You don't gotta you don't gotta go through step by yeah. step what you do, but like how does how do those habits kind of form? Is it just kind of a spring of the moment thing, or what goes on? Um, for me, I think like I have had probably the same routine like on a game to game day for years now. So it's like you know, breakfast in the morning, sleep in, you know, come to practice, get, take a nap. You know, before the game, I do my same little stretches, my same little routine. I work on a little hand. I think I think you build on it as you get older in hockey because you play so many games. Right. Um, so I just build on what I like and what I think works. It's probably mostly in my head. But yeah, I, I think everyone just builds on it. Everyone has their own thing. And it's whatever works, honestly. Yeah, and I think we were talking with one of the guys and I think there was only one player that's allowed to hit your pads before. Is that true? Or there's one that's not allowed? I'm, I'm trying to remember the, yeah. the the theory off the head. There was a crazy story behind it, though. Yeah, so Blake Evanow, 
who's now graduated. Yes, Blake, that's yeah. who it was. Yes. Yeah, he plays pro hockey in Atlanta now. Um, and he, we used to stand next to each other right before we go out. And as soon as I walk up to go out, he'd always come up to my right pad and then he'd like baseball swing and smack it as hard as possible until he heard like a good crisp like smack. And then he would, then he would be like, okay, we're ready to go now. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I remember I, when I did sideline for the GLI last year, yeah. you got to start one yeah. day, and that happened. I was just like, interesting little move. I yeah. Really expect oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've talked so much with superstitions with a lot of the other guys. Are you the most superstitious on the team, or is there somebody that even is one step above? Um, I've dialed it back probably in the past two years. I wouldn't say I'm the most, but I would say I'm top five okay um, okay between one and five i could be anywhere between one and five but i don't pay attention to enough guys routines because i'm already dialed into my own that's fair that's fair but yeah there, there's guys who are up there too yeah i think we we're i think we we're talking with the, the mccallion twins and they were talking about how they used to put on one side of the sock and the skate on it once before you know you know you have when obviously a lot of good people probably put both socks on and both shoes it was almost one complete side and then the other complete side which just seems kind of crazy but oh yeah i mean it, it, i guess really uh, going off of that question, like, why do you think hockey is such a superstitious sport? Because obviously, I mean, obviously you have the hot cold spells along with it, but it just seems like everybody in hockey just has these superstitions. I, I think it's just part of the hockey culture, honestly. Like, like everybody, like in every sport, everyone wants to win. And I think you see superstitions in every sport, but I think hockey takes it to another level. Like, I think like mentally, like hockey is such a mental game. Like there's so many decisions made on a, on a shift to shift minute by minute, second by second basis in hockey that like, I don't know, guys want to make sure their minds are right. So like, I feel like the superstitions help guys get their mind dialed in. And that's why I think a lot of guys use it. All right. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at it, I mean, you're from Georgia. You're from, was it Suwanee, right? Suwanee. Suwanee. Yep. Sorry for the mispronunciation. No, no worries. <laughs> I mean, that's a far ways away from Big Rapids. What kind of made you get drawn to Ferris State and Big Rapids. What was in that kind of thought process? Yeah, so in 2012, I was watching the national title game when they were playing BC. Um, and I was like, Ferris State. And then it had the little, in parentheses, Michigan. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I looked it up online. And then, I mean, for years years before that and years after that, they were just a perennial powerhouse in the, what was the CCHA and the WCHA. National tournament, fairly regularly. Goaltenders were at the top of the national leaderboard at all times. And for me, I think maybe three, four years later, I was 16 and I was playing Coach Famulac's son who was, on a, who was a year older than me and I played him in a game. My team ended up winning. And then about six months later, we started to have more in-depth conversations. My dad came up with me on a visit and I committed at 16 here. It was probably 2016, 2017 year, I believe. And yeah, ever since then, I've been here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a crazy story. And yeah. especially um, for you, a really unique experience when you were able to play at World Juniors. Just talk about that experience wearing the United States colors. And I mean, I can't even imagine what that would have felt like just to play for your home country. Yeah. I mean... Prior, the years, maybe 10 months before that, we played in the World Junior A Challenge, and that was super awesome. We played that in Dawson Creek, Canada, it, and that was my first time wearing the jersey. And I remember hearing the national anthem. We were playing Canada in the opening game of the tournament. And it was, I remember just feeling like chills standing on the blue line, like hearing the national anthem. And it was just like, this is something bigger than like just this team, right? It's, it's way bigger than that. And this means a lot more. And having that USA on your shirt and walking around and even the team apparel, the team jacket, it just feels different, right? You're representing your country. And I think... It's every hockey player. So I remember thinking about that laying in bed at night when I was 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. After you watch Miracle, right? It's of my course. favorite move ever, ever. And like, 
that's the only thing I ever really wanted to make sure I accomplished was representing my country. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, you have to bring uh, Kurt Russell on the show a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we get a little likes tandem the wolf, going. Man. Likes feed the wolf. <laughs> what was the, some of them are escaping me, but what were some of the names of the guys that were on the team? Because there were some pretty big names that are. Yeah, that so we team, had like right? Zegris and Caulfield. Um, we had Whoa. Jake Sanderson. Whoa. Um, Kaliev, Turcotte. I mean, we were veneers. We were, I mean, our team was loaded top to top to bottom. I mean, I think a lot of the media portrayed it as Canada's tournament to lose. I think they had every player on the team was a first rounder in the NHL. But I think internally with that squad, I think we knew how good we were. And I think obviously the results speak for themselves. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Where, well. where is the medal at? Um, it's actually at home. I, my parents got it framed along with the jersey. So, yeah, it's just hanging up in my room at home. That's awesome. Wow, that's so cool. Almost like a, not necessarily a shrine, but something you'll never forget. For oh, sure. absolutely. But, uh, for sure. And uh, not to get too much into the other podcast realm, I mean, you guys can obviously check that out at uh, Off the Ice with Brody and Beth. Uh, but Off the Ice a little bit, I, we hear that you obviously are very much connoisseur in television and specifically big college football fan. And oh, right yeah. now it's certainly very interesting. Are you a Georgia Bulldogs fan then, I'm assuming? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what are you, what are you thinking of the chances right now for this year? Um, I mean, they're 45 and one in the last 46 games, 12 and 0. I'm, I, I would say it's hard to bet against them at this point in their, their dynasty. I think everyone would call it. Um, so I, I believe in Kirby Smart and, and Carson Beck. So I, I believe they'll get the job done this week and make it fairly easy for the playoff committee. Um, and I think most of the country probably thinks they'll make it fairly easy for the playoff committee. All right. <laughs> and going back to me and being a 10 year old kid wishing to play for USA and stuff like that. What are some of the big goalie names that you looked up to when you were first starting out and uh, kind of modeling your game after? So f like the first goalie I ever really watched was like Dominic Hasek. I remember my dad showing me videos on YouTube back in the day on our home computer. And I, and I would watch them all the time. And he's like, he was always telling me, he's like, that's how you want to compete. That's how you want to compete around the net. And I'm like, okay. And then 2012 came around like Jonathan Quick, that was his breakout year and the Kings won the cup and all that. And that's the guy who I really looked up to in my the, when I was like 12 to 16 and like he was the best American goalie on, uh, in the world at that time. And he still is a hall. He's a hall of famer and still playing. And so those are the kind of the guys I really looked up to and really wanted to not model my game after, but I wanted to model my mentality after. Yeah, um, for sure. And sorry to cut you off, Brandon, but when kids are little and they're choosing a choosing a position, goalie is usually not the first one. Were you a guy who made the choice to go play goalie, or were you a guy who kind of got shoved in there when maybe the you were kind of the emergency backup and it just stuck? Um, yeah, I was the kind of the guy that was the emergency backup and kind of got stuck with it. I mean, I played throughout like you play like house local travel hockey, whatever, and I was playing D and I was decent. And then like every once in a while we'd rotate goalies and I'd play in there. And my first ever game in goalie, I gave him like nine goals. And I remember coming crying to my dad and being like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and then like two years later, I ended up getting a little bit better at goalie as we rotated it around. And we had my might travel team. I tried out, made it as a D. We didn't have a goalie though. And they're like, you want to hop in there? And I was like, sure. And I ended up being halfway decent at it. So I was, it just kind of stuck. All right. So there's the, the story of a five-star recruit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Junior just yeah. got stuck in emergency goalie and never looked back. So very cool. But especially uh, speaking of obviously the goalie room with you and Noah and obviously Joey as well, uh, just talk about the work that you guys put in because especially there's not a lot of teams in all of college hockey, let alone CSHA, that have these dominant one-two punches that they can throw between the pipes. And you and Noah certainly have brought that the last three years. Just talk about the work you guys put in together and how much you complement each other in the pipes. Yeah, I think like, I have it like 
it's like anything like in football, you always hear about the quarterback room. I think it's similar with like the goalie room. Like you're built like only one person's playing at a time, like your ability to bounce ideas off each other, like talk about certain situations, how you would play a certain situation, how you would make a decision on something like that's where you need in goaltending because like, you like we do goalie skates and all that, but goaltending is like split second decisions all the time. So I think for us to bounce ideas off each other, like you have to, because they they're seeing the same looks you are. And sometimes our decision-making process is a little different. And I think it's important. We understand like, Oh, I can do this, you know, give it each other ideas and stuff like that. So I think it's really important to have a great goalie room. And I think we've had that for the past four years I've been here. Absolutely. And I know, I'm going to ask favorite moment, but I mean, I don't want you to say yeah. the, the gold medal winning because I know that's probably the top one, but other than, you know, college career and stuff like that, what's been your favorite moment being a uh, college goalie? Um, I, I, I have to go too. I think us beating BG at BG in the playoffs and us sweeping Mankato last year at Mankato. Yeah. Um, cause that Mankato series was, a uh, Mankato had our number. We beat them the year before when they were number one at home. But then when we went there the past year, we beat them 2-1 the first night, 3-2 the second night. And I, I mean, Mankato speaks for themselves. They, I think they've, they've had a dynasty for a number of years now. And for us to go in there and sweep a team like that on the road, like it was a huge moment for our program. And it really elevated us nationally and really elevated the confidence in the room. And I think that's how we built, we built on that, that weekend for the most of that year. Absolutely. One last question for you, Logan. Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we ask everybody we bring on the show, what's been your favorite thing, maybe not moment, but favorite thing about being at Ferris State and being a Bulldog? Um, My favorite moment or my favorite thing about being a Bulldog at Ferris State, I think it's the community. I think with all the sports, I like I, I know a lot of players on other sports team. I go to a lot of this other sporting events and I think the community built around the athletic department. I think it's great. Um, everybody really knows everyone. It's a, it's not a small school, but it's a smaller school. Um, so I think the ability to um, interact with everyone and talk to everyone on a day-to-day -day basis with this big athletic complex that we all share, I think it's great. And I think it's great to know everyone. And I think the athletic department does a great job of setting us all up for success. For sure. Absolutely. Well, Logan, thank you so much for coming on, man. First one to double dip, doing uh, off the ice and behind the Bulldogs. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Big thanks to Logan Stein for stopping by and talking with us. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, make sure you've missed or if you missed on any of the other interviews, check them out in the feed below on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, all the jazz. You can follow us at Behind the Bulldogs for more uh, and great. And as well, big thanks to our new partner and sponsor, Car Center. We're glad to have them along a ride. And hopefully you guys will take in tune of their services uh, as we highly recommend them. They get it done the first time. Request the best. You can request yeah. the Car Center. Yeah, we are a legit podcast now. We are so legit. It's we're so legit. Cool. Yeah, that. so let's get in the rundown. Absolutely. I guess the recap, preview, I forgot what the name was. The Fair State Slate? That's what it is. Hey. So let's get into it. Happening Thursday, the 30th, today, when we're recording this one, in about, what is it, seven minutes? Yeah, seven Volleyball minutes. is going to be having the opening round of regional play against Hillsdale in St. Louis at 3.30. So you can check out FerrisStateBulldogs.com for the outcome of that one and also next week's episode. Absolutely. And if they win, they will play at the semifinal round, 6 o'clock on Friday, which will be tomorrow. And as well, ice hockey begins their doubleheader against St. Thomas, 707 puck drop from Engelglaben at home on Friday night as well.
Yeah, huge for the program. And then happening Saturday, closing out the action and opening up December for us all. Men's basketball is taking on Grace Christian at 3 o'clock in Wink Arena. Men's ice hockey has the second installment, second chapter of the doubleheader against St. Thomas at 6.07 p.m. And then if women's volleyball wins again and makes it to the regional final, they'll be playing at 8 o'clock in St. Louis. Let's hope for it. Crossing our fingers. Fingers crossed for sure. That's going to do it for this episode. Subscribe, follow, and more. But until next time, take care, everybody. 